So glad that you're joining us here this morning. If you're joining us online, we're thrilled that you're here with us. We are going to uh, do a quick game uh, together to kind of get your brains working and to have a little bit of fun. But to change things up, it's not actually on Kahoot. So if you were immediately going to that website or opening the app, we're going to do things just a little bit differently uh, this morning. But uh, even if you're joining us here in house, you can open up either Facebook or YouTube where you would watch maybe the uh, live stream at home. We're going to play a competition, but the way that you participate is by going to the comments on our Facebook page or our YouTube. Okay, so here, I'll explain the game, and then again, just in case you're looking for those comment sections, I'll explain a little bit about that as well. Okay, so we're going to have this competition. It has to do with the topic of the day. And now listen very carefully. I'm going to give you four incorrect song titles, okay? And each title is a mashup of two titles, okay? Are you following with me? There are eight total song titles, kind of from popular listening over the many years, okay? So everybody, regardless of your age, you should be able to participate. So eight total topics, And there are going to be a mashup. I'm going to give you four titles, and it's a mashup of these titles, okay? Are you following with me so far? Okay. (laughs) So I'm only going to give you a few minutes to try to solve for as many of the song titles as you can. As soon as you know one, go ahead and put it into... Now, everyone here in-house, if you're opening up your Facebook, just turn your volume down so I don't hear myself three times, okay? (laughs) Thank you. Now, as we're going through this, You're going to enter the name of the song titles. We're going to display the incorrect ones for you. Each title, one, two, three, and four, are a combination of two titles. Okay, I just want to make sure that that's very clear, okay? So you're solving for eight song titles. Does that make sense? As soon as you know the song titles, or any song titles, you can feel free to enter them in the comments. So the trouble is, as soon as you get one answer and you enter it in the comments, everyone else will see it. Okay, so it's credit to you for getting it in there first, but we're looking for whoever can get the most. Okay, so choose how you want to play your game. If you want to, as soon as you think of the right title, enter it in. Or if you want to try to get all of them, solve for all eight, and then enter it. Okay, and then again, um, our online hosts are going to congratulate the winners, uh, the winners as we do this. Okay, anybody who's here in the house, just kind of nod if you think you have any idea of what's about to happen. Okay, a few nods, good. Okay, this is new, I know, I understand. So you've got your comment fields open, hopefully, uh, at home and here in-house, either on Facebook or on YouTube. You can play in both places. Okay, again, if you're at home and you're watching on your smart TV, um, just pull up your mobile device. That's probably the easiest way for you to get into the comments because typing on your remote, have you had this experience on your TV, is a total nightmare, right? They haven't figured out how to do that very well yet. Okay, so we are going to play this game. It has to do with the topic for today. Okay, but let me uh, just get in there. So again, four titles. Each title is a mashup of two titles, and they all have to do with a particular theme, and that's what we're talking about today. Okay, so here is the key word, happy. I know, I know you're looking for joy, those of you who are looking, uh, reading ahead. Okay, the key word is happy. Here are the titles. Media team, we can go ahead and display those for you. Okay, so here they are, the titles. Don't worry be together. Number two, if it makes you shiny. Number three, dance and be days. Number four, birthday trails. Okay, the key word is happy. Now, online crowd, I'm going to give you a head start because you're 30 seconds delayed anyways. So online crowd, 
go ahead and you can start entering those answers in. Now, for those of you that are here in-house, you can start to begin to solve these, but you're not allowed to enter a comment until I say go, okay? So online crowd is already entering in their titles, so we must be not delayed very much. Okay, people who are in here house, you can go ahead and try to participate as well, okay? Solve for eight titles from these mashups, okay? Now, just in, while you're doing that, in case you need a spark of inspiration or you're not being able to put it together, a few of the song writers or famous performers of these songs, we have Marvin Gaye, the Turtles, anybody listening to The Turtles lately? Bobby McFerrin, maybe that was an easy one. Roy Rogers is in there. Pratt and McLean from a very famous song that I'm sure everyone has heard. The band R.E.M. is in there. Cheryl Crow, anybody got them all yet? <laughs> all right, well, I hope you're having fun with that. This morning we are talking about Joy, and that's why we're talking about happiness. Lots of times people make a distinction between joy and happiness, and we'll talk about that a little bit this time around. Now again, if you're joining us um, many days or many weeks from now, you can still play along and answer as quickly as you can and see if you can get all eight titles. And then, hey, put them on your playlist for this week uh, as a way to encourage a little bit of happiness and joy in your life. All right, lots of good comments coming in here with all of these um, answers. All right, thanks for playing along. I'm glad that you did that. Now, we're going to hop into uh, this week's message. What makes you happy? Now, notice I did not say what used to make you happy or what would make you happy. Those are different questions. What makes you happy? Would you think about that for a moment? Now, here are a few pretty common markers to happy moments. You cheered. You jumped up and down. You both laughed and cried all in the same moment. Someone seeing you in the moment described you as beaming. Okay? Happiness can be because of grand and epic things, but also simple things. Perhaps you overcame a big challenge. Maybe you ran a marathon or something like that. Lots of people are completing an online challenges, trying to climb or go the same distance as like Mount Kilimanjaro and that kind of thing. So maybe if you're participating with that, you can let us know in the comments. Okay? Maybe it's something else. Something else makes you happy. It's doing something, a hobby perhaps. Maybe it's being somewhere. Maybe your favorite place, going somewhere, being with certain people. Maybe it's uh, food. It's ice cream. It's chocolate. It's coffee. Maybe that's what makes you happy. Often for me, happiness uh, happens um, with music. A number of years ago, I was working on renovating our house. This is several years ago. And it, we had just ripped, bought this house and ripped most of it apart. And I was renovating there. And so uh, I was working kind of throughout the day here at the church and then heading home and uh, renovating this place and pulling it all apart. And I would often put in, I love to listen to music, so I would often put in my earbuds. So it would help protect my hearing as I was doing all kinds of construction and using saws and hammers and, and who knows what as I was working on this project. And I would have my earbuds in listening to music and enjoying it. 
And on one particular occasion, I was there and working late into the evening, and uh, my mother-in-law was in town, and she came over to visit. But um, the doorknob that was on the house kind of automatically locked, so if you used your key and you went in and you opened it and went in, it would just stay uh, locked anyway. So I had gone in and I started working, and so the door was locked. I had my earbuds in, so I couldn't hear that she had even come up and knocked on the door. And she kind of, I didn't even ever open the door for her. Later, uh, I found out what her experience was. So there I was working. I think I was building my basement stairs at the time, so I was kind of down in the basement, sawing stuff, cutting out these um, you know, risers and doing all kinds of things for my stairs. And so I was sawing and hammering and screwing and measuring and banging and doing all kinds of things. And then in the moment, she's hearing all of the construction happening. She's knocking on the door, expecting that I might come and let her in. But instead, all of the construction noise is happening, and then it stops. And I burst out into laughter and then go back to working. Again, I never let her in. I only found, about this, found out about this after. And there it was. I was listening to a new album by, at the time, um, Israel and New Breed, a gospel album, giving praise to Jesus. But some of the musicianship is way over the top exciting. And the bass lines and the drum fills and all of it coming together and the vocal lines and everything was just something that came together in that moment. And the only way I could handle it was to laugh out loud. So there I was, totally all by myself, and laughing my head off. Has that ever happened to you? In a moment of joy, you just laugh, because that seems like the only way you can kind of let it out. Again, I found out that from my mother-in-law afterwards, but I had this musical, and that's not the only time that it happened. But mind you, if we played that exact moment right now, it probably wouldn't happen to me again. And it might not happen to you in the same way. It's tough to kind of manufacture those moments. But there's lots of things in life, these experiences, these moments, these things, these opportunities that really we um, find happiness in are very fleeting. And most people approach happiness by saying, if I had this, then I'd be happy. We set our hearts on something, a source for our happiness. But here's the most terrifying thing, is that this approach to happiness Um, is often disappointing because we can't guarantee those things. Those sources will often let us down. They're external factors. It's a song that I'm listening to, and in one moment makes me happy, but again, if I just listened to that over and over and over and over again, it would not have the same effect on me. There's a kind of a depleting effect that it could have. Maybe the people, the friends that you have, might move, or you might move because of work. In fact, people can reject us, And we can be devastated if they're our source for happiness. They can even get sick. They can die. Places can change over time. Circumstances change. The source of our happiness can be out of reach. It can be destroyed entirely. What makes you happy? What's your source? We are in a series called Believe. And we've been um, looking at for this whole year... Um, a number of different things about uh, Christian belief. Now, if, you've, uh, just, if you're just joining us, uh, you can get caught up through our podcasts or uh, online through our YouTube channel. You can find all of those messages, and you can go back and you can start uh, learning. Again, it's all about 10 Christian beliefs, uh, again, 10 practices, and 10 different ways in which we um, grow in Christian virtue, how we behave, who we become. It's how you think, act, and become. So last week, again in this series, we talked about love. And this week, we're talking about joy. 
And I just want to say, again, Believe, chapter 22. We do have hardcover books. You can get them digitally, kind of anywhere that you could get that, and through iBooks or something else. Kindle, you can find the Believe book as well. And I just want to say, hey, we're 22 weeks into this, and maybe you haven't cracked the book. Maybe you have it at home, and you still haven't yet opened it up. It's not too late. You can open it up at home and dive into it. It's still good, even though you haven't been with us so far in this journey. There's lots in there that... Uh, is good for you. In fact, you'll probably see Believe and even our series from last year from the story. You'll see that pop up over the years here at Hillcrest. They're great resources because it's largely just biblical text. And we're just encouraging you to read the Bible. And it's just put together in a way that's perhaps helpful for you to go after certain kinds of beliefs or to understand the large story of what God is doing all throughout the scripture and what he's doing in your life and in our world. So, if you haven't started yet, you can still start. Even if you don't get to it until long after we're done this series, you can still crack it open and read it. It will be valuable to you. Okay, so this week is about joy, and here is our key question. What gives us true happiness and contentment in life? This is our key idea that we're going after. Despite my circumstances, I feel inner contentment and understand my purpose in life. This all comes from our key verse, which is John 15, verse 11. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Okay? John 15. Um, Nine times out of ten when I've heard a message from John uh, 15 about the vine and the branches. Uh, It's been about pruning and about voiding becoming a withered branch in the fire. Has that been your experience if you've heard a message on this topic before? That is all here, but that's not what we're going to focus on today. All we'll say for now is that pruning is done by God himself. He's there in the garden Tenderly preserving, protecting, and multiplying the abundance of life. It's all about the rewards of fruitfulness. Okay, so here's what I believe we can see in the text and what we're going to talk about this morning. Number one, joy is found in knowing Jesus. And joy is found in, in living according to his word. And not only that, but also Joy is found in experiencing his love. Okay, so the vine and the branches, again, this is John 15. Again, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So there he is, the father, in his own garden. He's the owner and he's also the guy who's in there tending to each vine, to all of the that's happening in the vineyard. Again, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be more fruitful. Okay, so again, it's about fruitfulness. Again, not about withered branches and fire, okay? That's part of it, but not the focus. I remember once telling my children, I was just trying to tell them, it's time for bed, go to bed, ignore all of the other things that are going to be happening. I think we're maybe having some people over occasionally. Naomi and I do some premarital counseling, and maybe there's a couple that was coming over, and they were going to be knocking at the door, and the children were very excited about the idea of meeting new people and seeing that kind of thing. So I was telling them, I want you to just go to bed and, and not worry about the distractions. But what I said was, I don't care if a dragon knocks on our door and has something to say. 
I don't want you to come out of your room. And again, the point was, go to bed, ignore the distractions. But what they heard was, a dragon might be coming to our front door. <laughs> right? Do you know how, again, that, that's, that's on me, that was my fault. But again, they kind of missed the point because something else was in there. And they went, hang on here, there's a dragon. Okay, again, here. The point is fruitfulness and a rewarding life. Okay, not uh, withered branches being thrown into the fire. That's part of it. But again, we're not going to focus on that. I, I want you to hear the point, please, this morning. Okay, so faithfulness, uh, or sorry, fruitfulness is success in the right kinds of things. Because you can be successful at the wrong kind of things. You can be good at a, a bad thing. Okay? But fruitfulness is this. Fruitfulness is a rewarding life. A life of meaning and purpose and impact. And God doesn't want anything to stand in the way of our joy. Anything that stands in the way or restricts the flow of joy, he will deal with. That's pruning. So this joy all flows from our relationship with Jesus. Now he says in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. See, the word to us was the gospel. Uh, but it's not just about salvation coming. Again, it's about more. It's about the abundant life and fruitfulness. See, it's possible to hear the gospel, uh, to embrace Jesus as the way of salvation, but then live a life that restricts the flow of joy and fruitfulness. Oftentimes, the biggest obstacle is becoming religious. See, people end up focusing on the do's and don'ts, the keeping and enforcing of regulations, and living under a condemnation that religious people just kind of create. It's like a cloud that's just kind of hanging over their head. You know that imagery? The day, the weather, it's a beautiful sunny day, clear skies, but someone has created a cloud over their head that's raining. That's kind of what condemnation is. Is like, and somehow religious life can create that, and we can believe that it's raining, that it's miserable, that it's cloudy, when in fact it's not. Okay, there's also other reasons. Again, Jesus says, hey, you know, you're welcome to this abundant life, and there's other things that we do to kind of restrict the flow of joy and of abundant life. One of those things is becoming too religious, I think. Another thing might be, again, disagreeing with God about his truth. Later we see in these verses that um, along with God's love, there's also his word, his commands to us, all that he taught us. And if we, again, choose not to believe the truth that he has given to us, we might experience the restriction of that joy and the restriction of fruitfulness in our lives. But again, he says, verse 4, remain in me and I'll also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Just recently uh, in the Alpha Course, we went through a session um, entitled, How Does God Guide Us? And uh, again, people were asking this question. We were talking about it. So somehow God somehow can intervene in our lives and lead us to do certain things, to think certain things, to do certain acts of kindness or whatever it might be, to make certain decisions. God guides us. We believe that. And we were talking about that idea. And as we were talking about that, uh, I was thinking about, well, sometimes if you're heading somewhere, you either need to know all of the details and have the map so you can just get there all on your own. But God guiding us is not like that. In fact, it's more like 
you're in the driver's seat and he's sitting with you. And it's about this conversation that happens. Yes, he's going to tell you, next left. But he's not going to say, all right, in 400 meters, you're going to take your next left. And then after you travel for another 700 meters, you're going to turn right. And then you're going to see a blue building on your side. He doesn't give you all of the details. Why? Because he's with you. Right? So Naomi and I have traveled around Saskatoon, which is her hometown. And often I'm driving. And she will just simply give me the directions. And she'll say, you should have turned left right back there. Uh, no, she'll, she'll say, you know, this is where we're going, but I don't have to be worried about where we're headed anymore because I know she knows where we are and what's the best way to get from one point to another. So I can be in the driver's seat, but I don't have to be worried about looking at the map and figuring it all out. I'm with someone who knows where we're headed, okay? And it's like eternity is God's hometown. He knows where we're going, how to get there, all of the directions that we would possibly need. And if we're with him, if we remain with him, we'll be able to get to our destination. No problem. But instead, then, when we're sitting in the car, we can enjoy the music. We can have conversations about any and everything. Okay? One other story I'll tell you about driving with my wife in Saskatoon. It was the other way. This time, again, my wife was driving, but I had a destination in mind. See, I was about to propose that evening. And I had arranged to have a friend drop off a guitar at a certain dessert kind of cafe restaurant place. And my goal was to be with the right girl with a ring in my pocket in that cafe and to propose with this guitar and to sing a song that I had written. Okay, But again, I flew in from Toronto. I landed at the, uh, at the airport. My wife picked me up, and we were driving around and doing all kinds of things. I had just finished dinner with her parents where I had asked for permission to marry their daughter. And then I needed to get to this um, particular cafe, but I wasn't driving. I hopped in the car and I said to my wife, you know, we were just going to go out for a coffee or grab something, go for dessert. That was already an idea that was on the table. It was going to work in my favor. I said, okay, where should we go? Again, I had a destination in mind, but I said, hey, where do you want to go? And so we talked about it. And I said, well, I don't know. Let's just try a Starbucks. I happened to know that there, there was a Starbucks. I happened to know that there was a Starbucks right near this other place. But it was already pretty late at night. It was maybe after 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, something like that, as we're driving. And kind of in a Hail Mary pass, as we're driving by the Starbucks, which all the lights were clearly off, I said, hey, what's calories? And then we said, oh, well, that happens to be a dessert place. We could try to see if that place is open. But was it open? I was like, I don't know. I think I knew exactly that it was open for another 27 minutes. But I was like, it looked like there was people in there. Anyways, we kind of went around the block and we ended up parking. I mean, um, we just happened to get there somehow. And then again, over the course of the evening, we're having dessert. And then suddenly as we're sitting there, this guitar kind of appears out of nowhere. And I start singing a song. And my wife looks around and thinks, how in the world did we get here? Like, how did this happen? By, we're only here by chance. And yet, it was a plan that I had made weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it could have all gone terribly wrong, you know. <laughs> but I knew I had a ring in my pocket, and I was with the right girl. So I knew we could make something work here, right? And sometimes it's like that, where in our relationship with God and how he guides us, how he leads us. But it's all just about to remain in me. Be together. Stay connected. Continue. I think that's the main emphasis here. Okay, uh, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, uh, you, uh, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Okay, again, many people, I think, struggle with wondering about the idea of eternal security. So it seems like Jesus is talking to, again, he's got his disciples there with him. It seems like he's talking to believers, and yet he's talking about people being thrown away into a fire. So are these people who were once believed, but because of their lack of fruitfulness, are now cast out of God's presence? I honestly don't think that's the point. See, while the fruit of the vine is ultimately the gardener's or the owner of the vineyard, see, God is not just concerned about the bottom line of fruit. Okay? He's not just concerned about fruit. But it is about the flowing joy, the reward of fruitfulness is having fruit, but also in being fruitful. Right? Having a life of meaning and purpose is rewarding. Bearing fruit is part of the joy. And is there anyone out there who doesn't want to have a rewarding life? See, I I want to encourage you not to settle for something less. Don't settle for something less than the gardener wants for you. See, the enemy wants many withered branches, as many as possible. But if you're living under that kind of religious cloud of condemnation, understand that that's the work of the enemy and not the conviction of the Lord. So again, again, he says continually, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, it comes down to these words uh, that Jesus puts in his truth, and holding to those um, principles, to that truth, And that brings glory to God. Uh, Our fruitfulness does bring glory to God. Okay, again, our relationships are the most important thing. I often struggle sometimes when it's talking about in the scripture where there's lots of language about being in certain things and in certain things and how the Holy Spirit is in us, us, but we're also in Christ. And sometimes that can get confusing. And I've even seen people try to solve it um, with some kind of theological diagram. And again, I don't think that's the point. It's much more about the relationships that we have with people. We use that kind of language when we're talking about our relationship. We say that a person is in my life, or sadly, that person is not in my life anymore. See, I am in my wife's life, and she is in mine. We have an ongoing daily relationship. And I think that's the encouragement with the idea of remain in me, Or other translations say, abide, continue, stay there, be with Jesus. Now, again, that's the idea of having, walking with Jesus, knowing Jesus, being a source for joy. But more than that, it's an experience of his love. In verse 9, it says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my Love. See, joy and our fruitfulness all come from this experience of the love of God. See, some of you might not know his love experientially. Maybe you've never had an experience of his love. So how do you experience that if you haven't? I would say there's a few things. Meditation in his word, on his word, on his truth. 
what is true, what is laid out for us in the scripture, if you think about that, not just kind of zip past it, but allow it to go from just your thoughts maybe, your understanding perhaps, or your knowledge deeper and deeper into your life, into your understanding, or many have talked about the journey between your head and your heart, that it needs to sink in, go deeper. That's what meditation is, to focus on something more and more, to understand the nuance and the depth of it all, to meditate on his word, to worship. When we sing songs, it's not just singing. It's not just lyrics about God or about the world or about us zipping past. It's an opportunity to connect with God himself, to have a relationship with him and actually experience him, to experience his presence. And I think actually that's something that new believers need to learn how to do, but also um, what people who have been walking this journey for a long time need to remember. I think we can sometimes forget. We can go through the motions. That's, I think, lots of ways why the scripture teaches us to continue to sing new songs, It doesn't say, back up, just find some good songs and sing those ones, hold on to them, get your hymnal together and stay there. We we, want to remain in Jesus, but we want to keep worship, something that's fresh, something that's new, something that draws us into his presence, into who he is, that goes after a new idea or a new thought, the nuance, another perspective or angle on the truth that can ignite our hearts in worship. Prayer is another way that we can experience God's love, not only looking at the scripture, but then beginning a conversation with God, where we both speak to him and expect to hear back from him. Some of those conversations can be profound. You can experience God being right there with you. Listen to the faith stories of others. If you want to have an experience of God, listen to the experiences that others have had. So you'll recognize it when those moments perhaps are coming to you and happening in your own life. See, God does love us. Again, going through the Alpha Course, I think every single week I've heard Nikki Gumbel say, you are loved. And it's true. He loves us. He loves you. He has the same love for Jesus, his perfect son, who was obedient, who never sinned. He has the same love for each one of us. So remain in that love Stay there. Experience it again and again and again. See, the re part of remain uh, means again, like in the same way that respect means to see again, to see it from another perspective, right? All of those kind of words mean again. Even the word rejoice we need to consider here this morning about joy, that it's something that we have to do and then do again and then repeat and go back to those moments of joy and celebrate and bring them to life as we experience God's love. See, God does love us so much. And we celebrate that uh, when we look at um, communion, when we look at the cross of Jesus, when we look at the idea that um, he has poured out his life for us, that he came, died in our place. Uh, And he offers us, again, his free uh, gift of salvation, that he loves us that much. Maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. You've met her never committed your life to him. And he comes to you with an invitation, a free invitation. And he says, I would love to have an eternal relationship with you. One that goes on into eternity. One that's abundant and joy-filled. He invites us into that. Maybe you feel like 
you've never made that decision to accept his invitation. Here's a simple way you can do that. Here's a prayer of commitment that anyone can pray at any time. If you're making that decision to say, I, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want that abundant life. I want to stay connected to Jesus, to go with him into this life and into eternity. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, thank you that you love me. And you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the other aspect I believe this morning is not only this experience of love and in just continuing this ongoing daily relationship with Jesus, but is about honoring and keeping the commands in Scripture. Jesus says in verse 10, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Again, these are all the things that come before Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. One other thought as we kind of come closer to the end of this uh, teaching time, what's with all the vine language, right? Certainly the imagery is not coincidental, See, even if Jesus were teaching uh, this now in our time, I don't think he would have changed the metaphor. I don't think he would have said, I am the internet. You are the local server, and my father is the IT guy. I don't think that's what he would have said. It's not just about connectedness or efficiency. It's also about the end result. See, what does the vineyard produce Certainly it produces grapes, but that's actually not what vineyards are most known for, are they? It produces wine, and wine is meant for celebration. Wine is the joy. See, in the book of John, Jesus' first miracle was turning 150 gallons of water into the best wine that anyone ever had. And John said this wasn't just another miracle, he said this was a sign, and in fact this was the first sign, or maybe even the sign, Jesus is Lord of the feast, Lord of joy. This was how he launched his public ministry. See, Jesus' invitation is to enjoy heaven's feast, the great banquet, the eternal wedding feast. In fact, the gospel, we understand that meaning a good news, and in fact, I think Old English, that's what it does mean, but the original Greek, it actually means joy news. That's what this religion is all about. Christianity is all about joy. It is joy news. And in fact, joy is inevitable for people who put their faith in Jesus. Jesus actually described it much like a woman who was giving birth, who was experiencing all kinds of pain. But when the joy came of having the child, they remembered not the pain that they were experiencing. It didn't deny the pain. It, you know, the person wasn't suddenly in denial or whatever it was. But um, you were able to have this moment where extreme pain and great joy all come together. And that's what it's like for many of us Christian believers because life is not about just having happiness and not having bad circumstances happening 
in our life. Lots of times that's the distinction that people make between happiness and joy. They talk about happiness as being the things that are sparked externally, whereas joy is that uh, internal understanding, perhaps, um, that uh, internal sense of truth of what's really going on. And in spite of all the circumstances, because we know that the Lord is with us, that he is enough, and where we are headed in terms of our eternal destiny, we can have that kind of joy. Again, joy is inevitable for believers, but again, we've talked about a number of different ways that you can cut that off or restrict the flow. Maybe it's because you're living under a cloud of religious condemnation. Maybe that's because you were rejecting or ignoring his truth in scripture, his commands to you. Maybe you reject even his love for you, that you somehow you hold a higher court than God, and when he says you are forgiven, you are loved, your sin is in the past, Instead, you say, I disagree. I don't deserve your love. I'm going to hang on to that. And I don't believe that I should be forgiven. I believe I should pay some kind of penance or I should add to the payment. But Jesus died and his payment for your sins was enough. It's entirely paid. There's nothing that you can do to add to, um, what ha- to that payment. There's nothing that you can do receive his love, experience his love, embrace that truth. His love for you is certain. Okay. Um, Now that final verse about Jesus' joy being in us and our joy being complete. Uh, I'll just quickly reference it here. This is from Hebrews chapter 12. Okay. And then this is in verse 2. Uh, Just in the second half, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The joy of Jesus. Again, we've talked a little bit about experiencing his love, receiving his love, not rejecting his love. But do you see that You are his joy. That he has tied it up with you. His joy is found in you. It makes no sense in some ways. And yet he has set his heart on us. See, if we set our heart on smaller, lesser things and say, hey, if I get that new car, if I have that house, if I'm able to find somebody and finally get married, if I'm able to have kids, whatever it might be, be successful in my career, then I'll be Happy, we can set it on a smaller source, um, and we will always be, dissat- be dissatisfied. But when we set it on Him, the eternal source, He can give us everything that we need, and we can be fully and truly joyful for all of eternity, experiencing Him. But again, He has set His joy on us that somehow we are a source for him not that he needs us or needs anything from us but he set his heart on us his love on us his joy on us and when he went to the cross he endured all of that because he saw you you are the joy that is set before him i'm not sure exactly what that kind of people sometimes talk about you know having a, a flashback and seeing many of your memories kind of all at once in that moment when jesus was on the cross What was flashing before his eyes was every single human life. Profoundly. He loves us. We are his joy. 
And there's this completion of joy. Again, when we remain in him, when we experience the flow of his love and his grace and his joy in us and through us, and we see that spreading out to fruitfulness, to a rewarding life that is not only a blessing to us, but a blessing to many. When we see all of that happening, it is a completion of joy for both us and for him. Quick reminder of what we've talked about here this morning. Joy is found in knowing Jesus, in walking with Jesus, so abide Remain, stay, continue. See, if you never fully embrace Christianity, you'll never really, unless you fully commit to it, you'll never really experience the fullness of joy that he has for you. If you kind of try out Christianity just to see if it works, it might not for you because you haven't fully bought in. But knowing Jesus, abiding, remaining, staying, is powerful and you'll experience something remarkable in your life. So stay with Jesus. Very simple. Again, some basics I'm thinking of going through the Alpha course. The simple basics of prayer or Bible reading in the morning and in the evening. Start and end your day. Book end it with something as simple as a prayer, as a thought toward the Lord reading a handful of verses to get you started, and your appetite will begin to grow. But stay, remain. Continue to be a part of the community of faith. Join with us. Stay. Some of you are tempted to leave, to drift, maybe to go somewhere else online, but I welcome you. Stay a part of this body. To remain. Okay? Now, I also just want to say something quickly about baptism. Part of remaining I think a significant step for someone who's making a decision, who's committing their life to Jesus, is baptism. It was a public declaration of their faith. And here's another image uh, that I think would have come to mind for a lot of these uh, early believers coming from a Jewish uh, background. The people of God, the Israelites, are leaving um, Egypt, but then they're now being pursued by the people who enslaved them. And they reach the Red Sea, and they go through the waters of baptism. They get to go through on dry land and reach the other side. They go through to the other side, much like in baptism. But what happens next is that the waters of the Red Sea came down on all of the enemies that were pursuing them, all of those enslaving forces of the enemy. And they were cut off. And I think for some people, they perhaps optimistically enter into Christianity, but they don't actually go to that place where they're going to say, I'm going to declare publicly that I am a Christian. I'm going to be baptized. And they also don't experience the waters from the kind of the Red Sea closing in and down on the enslaving forces of the enemy. So perhaps that's your next step of obedience. If you haven't made that decision in your life, if you want to say publicly, I am a believer in Jesus, I would like to be baptized. We would love to help you find an opportunity to do that. Okay, so knowing Jesus is how we experience joy. Living according to his word, his truth. What are the principles that you know to be true from the scripture about how you should live your life? Try to put that into gear. Make your next step of obedience count. Don't just sit on a wealth of understanding and knowledge, but put it into Gear and live according to his word, his truth. Don't deny it. Don't ignore it. Put it into practice as soon as you possibly can. Whatever you learn today, put into practice today. 
Okay. Uh, again, living according to his word, Jesus said, go and make disciples by teaching them everything that I've taught you. Which means that putting into practice the teaching of Jesus is to make more disciples. If you are a disciple, your next step is to find somebody, teach them about Jesus. Take that truth that you know and share it with someone else. Again, and experience his love. Joy is found in knowing Jesus, living according to his word, and experiencing his love. As we close today, I just want to encourage you to take a moment now and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me from this message? I've made my commentary on the scripture, but ultimately I want the Spirit to speak to you. And if you haven't already, would you take that moment now and say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? What's my next step of obedience? What do I need to start? What do I need to remember? Who do I need to talk to? Take that moment now and say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? And as you do that, let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I, I want to experience this kind of joy. That kind of happiness, that kind of abundant life. I want to experience that kind of fruitfulness in my own life. So I, I put out my invitation to you uh, to prune, <laughs> to deal with the things that are unnecessary that are distractions that actually produce unhealth in me somehow. Take me away from that place of experiencing the flow of your love and your grace and your joy in my life. Would you prune those things? And Father, would you help me to be more fruitful for my own sake, but also for the sake of others around me and for the glory and for your glory. Father, I also pray for my uh, friends who are with me now. I pray that um, those that don't know you would know you, that they would come to the saving knowledge of who you are, that they'd be welcomed into the incredible feast that you have laid before us. Father, those who were, have been walking with you but under a, a cloud of condemnation, I pray that it would lift. I pray that the tactics that the enemy has been using to keep them there would just begin to fall flat but instead um, people would have a sense of your joy, that you are Lord of the feast, uh, that your first sign was um, to take a party to the next level. And Father, I also pray that um, those of you who have just not had that profound experience of your love, that they would have it, that they'd begin to taste it now, but that it would become even more intense through whatever it might be through another message, through another song, through a story, through time spent in your word, through meditation, whatever it might be, I pray that they would have that incredible experience of your love poured out for them. In your name we pray.